series where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Hey, welcome to Encounter Grace. I'm Jason McKnight. I'm so glad you're here today. What does it look like to follow Jesus in different contexts? You know, we're living here, wherever your home is, maybe it's Eastern North Carolina, somewhere else, but we naturally think as humans that we're doing the normal life with the Lord, except it's not really normal, it's just mine. So what does following Jesus in other places look like? For instance, small town on an island of Alaska, or a city, a smaller town in the middle of Central Valley of California, or following Jesus in the mountains of Ethiopia. Well, we're going to talk about all these things today because I got with us uh, here today my friend Al Haas. Al, thank you so much for yeah, being here. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Yeah, this is great. So Al and his wife Anne moved to Kinston, and I can't believe this, only four months ago. It <laughs> yeah. feels like you've been here a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. But they have served. Uh, he is retired as a pastor, mm-hmm. most recently from Sitka, Alaska. And um, God is, is drawing you here to Kinston, is also opening a door for you and Anne to be ambassadors for mm-hmm. a group called Missionary Aviation Fellowship. Yeah. Solid, good mm-hmm. group of, uh, of, of um, missionary <clears throat> pilots getting to places yeah. like those mountains in Ethiopia. Yeah. But we're going to talk all okay. things, small planes for Jesus and Alaska mm-hmm. and different things in okay. your life, because what does it look like to follow Jesus mm-hmm. in all sorts of different places? So Al, yeah. thanks for coming. Yep, You're welcome. Thank you. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, why Kinston when you retired? Well, the, the, one of the big things was the cost of living. That's uh, true. You, as you know, as a pastor, you don't have a big IRA. Mm-hmm. So that was a real concern to us. And God has been gracious to us, blessed us to be able to pay for our home in yeah. retirement so we don't have a mortgage. Wonderful. Um, Wonderful. So the cost of living was very important. But... One of the things we were really concerned about was finding a good church mm. to become a part of. And, uh, and we, we stumbled onto Grace Fellowship <laughs> and began to watch it. Um, while you were in Alaska. While we were in Alaska, checking it out. And we just we checked several churches out, and we just really felt God leading us to this place. Wow. And, of course, family history and the local history and the architecture. Just a, it's a really great place to be. And how about the sunsets? They're beautiful. They're gorgeous. And, and they're here. different because usually I'm watching the sunset over the ocean. Uh, here I'm watching the sunset over over the crops. Yes. <laughs> and and I gotta tell you, you're gonna love the whole year's worth of sunsets because of the humidity. The colors are oh, utterly boy. vibrant. Awesome. You can't wait. I mean yeah, it's yeah. It's one of my favorite things. Yes. I, Every time I see a great sunset over the crops, I want to buy 100 <laughs> acres and take yeah, out all the yeah. trees so I can watch the big sky. Yes, <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Well, you came here from Sitka, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about Sitka, how long okay. you were there, okay. what, it like, what it's like, and, and what you did there. Okay, well, Sitka was originally the capital of Alaska when it was a territory. Um, it's on an island. It's about 90 miles uh, south southwest of Juneau, hmm. um, and it's on the Pacific Ocean. So you get the Japanese current there, so it's temperate. Uh, it's a rainforest. Wait, you're south of Juneau? Yes. So that's a little bit down... Southeast down Alaska. The, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a, uh, a native community until mm. the white man showed up, the Russians. Uh, so it's a very diverse community. 
We have uh, Asians, um, Alaska Natives, mm. uh, Latinos, Blacks, very, very diverse. That's one of the things that we really like about yeah. Sitka. You don't think uh, of that in Alaska. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a fishing community, mm. L- lot, mostly fishermen and, and tourism. Yeah. Tourism also for fishing or for yes. wildlife. Yes, and the cruise ships come in. Oh, the cruise yeah. ships. Yes. <laughs> so you can, you know, we have a population of about five to 7,000. In the summertime, we might have five cruise ships in in the past. And so our population for the day would go up considerably. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. The shops would love it. Yeah, yeah. The shops, how cold have you ever been? Um, 40 below. Oh, my. Yeah, not in Sitka. But okay. in, in northern Alaska, Sitka is very mild. Average mm-hmm. temperature is around 43 degrees. And that's why the around. cruise ships go there. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so summers are, are wonderful. I mean, mm. 75 is really, really hot. Wow. Um, usually you're, you're running around 65, 68 in the summertime with a cool breeze off the coast. It's nice. But yeah. in your time there, you also made it way up north in Alaska and, and got to see yes. negative 40. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we spent, uh, I think, two or three years when I was in the Air Force in Anchorage. Mm. Um, yeah, so we've been north, we've been south. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful state. Well, before we leave Sitka, I, um, you know, when I think of, of Alaska, I think you have to be rugged can-do pioneering spirit mm-hmm. to to live there of course mm-hmm. i'm canadian and there's mm-hmm. a little bit of that sort of in in smaller towns yeah. in canada i'm from a large town so we mm-hmm. had all the <laughs> mm-hmm. all the luxuries sure. maybe i'm soft but mm-hmm. um tell us uh, about some of the folks about some of the adventures yeah. about some of the you know the ruggedness of life there yeah the uh there are no beaches like <laughs> north carolina now we're really uh, soft. Yeah, there's a lot of mountains, and they go right down into the ocean. Mm. Um, there's a, an average. I've just heard this from the Forest Service. There's an average of one brown bear per square mile. Um, <laughs> so people are are uh, very alert and attentive, not only to themselves but other people. Uh, the bears do come into town, so you have to be aware of your surroundings. Um, but the people are very, very friendly. Mm. Um, especially the Christians. Right. Uh, they have uh, a real love for one another. And there's a closeness. In a, as you know, in a small community, there's a real closeness. There. Everybody knows everybody else's business. Yep, yep. Um, so, and, and then, of course, you, you have the funny stories. Um, they have a lot of really great hiking trails hmm. uh, through the mountains and, and around town. And it's called uh, the Crosstown cross Trail. And, of course, with the bears there, people wear bells or they make lots of noise. And it's kind of interesting that someone posted a picture of a, a brown bear just off the trail, about maybe 10, 15 feet in the brush, watching people go by. And, <laughs> and you just think to yourself, yeah, all those people thought their, their bells are ringing and they're making noise and ah, there's no bears around here. And lo and behold, he's, just a few feet away, there's one watching them go by. So it was it's, uh, a lot he's of fun. probably taking pictures of them to post probably. on the bear Facebook. <laughs> probably so. Look at these clowns. Yep. Or maybe he was looking for lunch. That happens too. <laughs> yeah. Mules on wheels, guys riding bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Al, where did you grow up? And when yeah. did you come to Christ? Give, yeah. give us yeah. the story of who Al is. Uh, I grew up in a small logging town in Oregon. Hmm. My dad was a timber faller. 
Um, I, my mom sent us to vacation Bible school at the Methodist Church. I can remember the basement. It seemed so big and the ramp going downstairs. Um, so I was acquainted with uh, God from a young age. And then when I got into middle school and high school, everybody was doing the, the God thing. So I kind of jumped on the bandwagon, um, made a profession of faith at a young age. Um, realized later, I, I didn't get saved until I was 24. Hmm. Um, but I did, I did want to please God. Um, I, was, I was kind of a people pleaser. Um, and so I thought doing all these things, getting involved with the kids at school, and, and, and then the church and, and school often did things together, like the choir in the high school would sing at the churches and those kinds of things. So I was actively involved in that. Uh, the year I was in Thailand, I wasn't saved yet, but I was involved with the Christian Missionary Alliance and the Navigators while I was in the Air Force over there. I spent more time with him, actually, than I did on the base. Um, Before you came to Christ. Yes. Yeah, amazing? I was doing good things thinking God was pleased with me, and it mm -hmm. wasn't until uh, I got stationed in Anchorage and was going to uh, church there that uh, the Lord spoke to my heart and showed me that. Uh, I wasn't saved. I, I had an anger problem, and the kids were afraid of me. Mm. And uh, we were talking about it just last night in our home church. When I actually realized I needed to be saved, the Second Corinthians 5.17 became a reality. Therefore, yeah. old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And the anger problem left, and, and the kids noticed it. Mm. Our oldest daughter was five. And, and there was an instant change, and they, they noticed that. So um, that's when I got saved. When I was about 24, and it changed our whole life. Wow. Yeah. And, and that was, you, you were in the Air Force. You had been in Thailand. Yes. You're, you're in Anchorage now, yes. stationed there. Yes. You're married. Yes. And you have how many kids? Uh, we had three kids, and then Becky came along just before we left. So 24, yeah. you're about to have your fourth kid. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, uh, but the Lord reached down and mm -hmm. saved you, and your Amen. kids noticed it. I mean, even oh, that yeah. young, they could see. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was pretty awesome. Isn't God that, is wonderful? He is, and, and you know, <laughs> He is the God of miracles. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the miracle is the slow growth mm -hmm. of the right steps mm -hmm. and the continual investment and compound yeah. interest kind of thing. Yeah. And sometimes the miracle is today your anger yeah. problem is gone, your yeah. drinking problem is gone, right. Your, right. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And and I love that God uses yeah. anything. He does. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. So we've heard uh, <clears throat> Oregon, we've heard Thailand, we've heard mm -hmm. Sitka and, and Anchorage. I, I mean, you've been everywhere. How, how many places yeah. have you lived, and, and what's, what's um, that trajectory if you had well, to go? Well, we, we've lived in 17 different cities <laughs> over the years. Um, all good. Yep, yep. <laughs> and we've been, even before I was saved, we were very involved. Yeah, matter of fact, um, our, my first duty station in Sacramento was where my wife got saved. Mm -hmm. We were going to a, a church there. And she, for the first time, heard the gospel. So y'all were good folks, church-going folks, yes. but not yet yeah. regenerated, yeah. not yet born again. Yes. 17 cities and towns and places and bases. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a favorite? Sitka. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. a year, you'll say Kinston. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Amen. 
Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, you're only four months in here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. 17. I can hardly believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and aside from Thailand, anything else outside of the U.S.? Uh, yeah. Saudi Arabia for five years. Wow. Um, I was working for Lockheed, training the, the Saudi Air Force mm-hmm. in avionics. And we had a wonderful, wonderful time over there. We got into scuba diving and became instructors and had opportunity to do some wonderful diving in the Red Sea over those years. Well, I was just going to ask yeah. you that. Did you ever dive in the Red Sea? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh what's yeah. that like? Oh, it's crystal clear. I mean, it's probably a lot like the uh, Great Barrier Reef, mm-hmm. you know. Which we've all uh, been to. I mean, it's in yeah. Australia. <laughs> and it's such a stark contrast to see, I mean, that they have to import sand. When we were living there, they would import sand to build with. Because the ground was just crushed shell, seashell. And uh, so you you look out across the desert and you see this beautiful blue sea. And, of course, they don't dive. And uh, It's hard with the robes. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But they they just didn't understand the beauty that was just Mm. beneath the surface of the water. So I had opportunity to made some really good friends with the Saudi nationals, and I actually got to teach one to dive. Wow! And uh, so that was and and share the gospel. Sure. You know, when you work with them, I was uh, on the midshift, and there were opportunities over over tea mm-hmm. to sit with the young men that were in the Air Force and just talk about Islam and talk about Christianity, and. Uh, well, and probably talk about raising your family or talk about mm-hmm. how you do life exactly. as a man. Because we were just talking right. before we kind of started recording about mm-hmm. everybody needs examples. Everybody needs models and everyone's exactly. looking for them. Right. And these young Saudis are probably yeah. looking yeah. for. Yeah. For um, One of the strangest things is they hold hands. Yes. And uh, it, <clears throat> first time it happened to me, we were in the, in the shop and this young guy comes up and grabs my hand and I'm going, what's going on here? Yep, yep. And, uh, and I said, how come you're hanging on to my hand? And he says, he says it helps us to communicate better. Mm. You know, we, we can sense better who you are, what you're saying, if you're truthful. And I thought, wow, that's pretty impactful, Yeah. pretty insightful. I think, so, they're, I think that's pretty right. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's to our detriment that we're... We're so uptight yeah. physically yeah, exactly. and worried about yeah. um, and, and reducing all physical to sexual. Like, I yeah. think that's yeah. such a paucity in the yeah. Western culture. Yeah, I, I do. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, you, so you were in the Air Force for seven years, seven years. And then you served with Lockheed for several more years. Right. Doing I mean, basically doing the same thing. Yeah, except yeah. now I just paid by yeah. the yeah. pay the Lockheed. So so what led you into pastoring and how did that all work? Well, from a young age I was uh, I was intrigued with pastors. Um, <laughs> God <laughs> God blessed me with with some really good shepherds. Mm-hmm. And as we've been talking, you know, we've been talking about setting examples and people seeing your walk. And uh, I, I watched them and how they, how they lived their life. And uh, the Holy Spirit began to, to move on my heart. And, and I began to, to think in my heart that, that that's something that I would like to do, to be able to share the gospel of Jesus. Even before I was saved, right. God was preparing my heart. Mm, and it's kind of like Moses out there in the 40 years, you know, in the desert with the sheep. And one of the things that, that I learned through their example is that pastors need to smell like sheep. 
Um, my name is Al, and when we were in California pastoring, uh, a lot of pastors would hide in their office, and people would say, well, I came by the church and you weren't there, and I'd say, well, I'm not a pastor, Al. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a barn Al. I'm a pastor, Al. Mm. And uh, so that's kind of been my motto over the years, to, to smell like sheep, yep. to love the sheep. Did you ever read that Lynn Anderson book? I think by that same name, they yes. smell like sheep. Yes, I have I read that. It's kind of, I think it's got a brown cover on yes, it. Yes, so good. Yeah. So good. But you're yeah. exactly right. You know, mm-hmm. hold up in... I mean, you, ha- you have to study. <clears throat> but other than that, yeah. you know, you're ready it's to... It's a God thing. You're ready to respond. Yeah, if God's mm, not in a it... pasture yeah. owl, not a barn owl. I remember I got, I got really discouraged the second year in California, and I called my pastor... And I was expecting, you know, oh, you poor thing, you know, let me pray with you. Yeah, yeah. And I called him and I said, man, I don't know if I can hang on. He says, well, brother, he says, if you can quit, quit. <laughs> it was just, it was not what I expected to hear. And, uh, but he was right. You know, if, mm. if you're called of God, you just can't walk away from it. Yeah. God Amen. won't let you. Yeah. Amen. That's, that's so good. And what a great, succinct, well, if you can yeah. quit, quit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So California, you pastored. There in yeah. a town called Mountain Ranch. Yes, it's. Uh, where is that? Central Valley, a, or am about, I wrong? Well, it's about fifty miles east of Stockton, up in the Sierras. Okay, okay. twenty-five hundred feet. All right, so I was wrong. Ranching community. Yep. Um, just a you know very small, close-knit community mm. with ranchers, and of course, ranchers are lovely people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they help one another. Um, we were there for twenty-two years. Uh, the community there is. Uh, consisted of a general store which had ace hardware and a grocery store huh. had a post office and um and a little tiny gas station <laughs> that was the community and of course everything else was just rural yeah you yeah know, ranches yep so a, a place for a, a little breakfast diner or anything um they did have one for a while we'd have a men's breakfast every tuesday morning uh, prayer breakfast um and the church set up on the hill so when you come into town you could look out across the, the rolling hills and see the wow. church up on the hill. Beautiful white church, yeah. built by the community. Right. Um, they had a they uh, had a uh, picture book of the church being built and everything. So they were they were big on history. Right. So, right. but it, just a beautiful church, you know, with the stairs going like like Little House on the Prairie. Right. Sure. And the people that donated the property owned a walnut orchard. And so the church was actually built in a walnut orchard. Oh, how gorgeous. Yeah. So it was pretty nice. Well, you, I know you had some great <clears throat> ministry there. I, mm-hmm. I actually, when we talked about this several months ago at mm-hmm. lunch, I didn't realize 22 years you were there. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought it was three, four, five. But mm-hmm. 22 is a mm-hmm. lifetime mm-hmm. And, and an investment. Mm-hmm. Tell us some of the good things God did while you were there. Well, um, there's a lot of wonderful stories. Um, but just giving the focus to God. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the most notable was uh, a lot of the folks, uh, fire went through there, a, a very devastating fire in 2015. Mm-hmm. And through that process of being on the fire committee and dispersing the, the monies that was donated, um, the people began to tell me, you know, you are a pastor. And mm. Some of the folks I hardly even knew but they said, you know, you are the pastor of our town. But they knew you. Yeah. So um, 
That being said, uh, one of the local contractors who was a lesbian, very well known, did excellent work. She was very much sought after. Uh, early one morning, I was at the church and I got a phone call from, and this lady introduced herself. And uh, she said, one of my young workers has passed away unexpectedly. And she said, the family is back east. They don't want to deal with it. Mm. Um, I told them that I would take care of it. And she says, I don't know what to do. Mm. And she explained who she was. Yep, yep. And uh, she said, would you be willing to, to help us? And I said, absolutely. I said, bring you, know, you and your partner, come on down to the church and let's talk. And uh, so she came down and we were able to, uh, the church came around, me as the pastor, and uh, we helped him get through that process. Uh, we had a memorial service, and of course the whole gay community came into the church. And the people in our yeah. church uh, were busy down in the kitchen. They made a great big huge meal yeah. uh, for the folks after the service and just loved on them. And I, and I told them, I said, that this is an opportunity not to beat them over the head, mm-hmm. but just to give the love of Christ out to them. Amen. And uh, so it was, it, was a, it was a great love story. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after the fire, a lot of the uh, uh, cartels and the mafia moved into the area. Have, I mean, there was like uh, about every quarter mile there was a new pot field. Wow. Because I guess the soil and the ash is good for it. So you could smell it just driving down the road. It was pretty nauseating. But after the fire, so um, people were were just really getting frustrated. Um, The sheriff had a a town meeting, and he said, you are the law. Um, It was like the Wild West. And he said, we're going to be 45 minutes getting to you when you call 911. And he says, when we get there, we're going to write a report. He says, you're going to have to handle it. And it's like, wow. So we were at the general store, Mm -hmm. and uh, there was a group of young people, college students, and a lot of them from from Europe and around the world were there to work in the pot fields (laughs) and just to have fun, you know. And uh, so there were about 20, 25 of them standing outside. It's amazing. You know, we go, college students go to Europe from America to to study history, (laughs) and they come here to work the pot fields. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Yeah. So there was a group of about 25 standing outside (laughs) in the parking lot. And uh, I told Ann as we drove up, I said, I'm going to go bust their party. And introduce myself yeah so i walked over there and kind of nudged my way into the middle i said hey guys i said excuse me i said i don't mean to bust up your party but i said i'm the local pastor here and he says i just want to let you know that god loves you mm-hmm. and that we love you and i'm the pastor of that little white church up the road and you're welcome there anytime and uh so then the lord began to work on my heart and i decided to go down to one of the local uh hangouts for the the big people the and this, this particular group of people were Italian mafia. And so I went down to their headquarters, and I said, we're going to have a, a picnic in the park. We're going to have hot dogs, hamburgers, and all the trimmings, and, and we want you and everybody you know to come to the picnic, and we're going to feed you and just let you know that we love you. Love and uh, we had Bibles to hand out, and they showed up, and one guy came up to me, and he said, uh, he said, the big guy, I can't remember their names, it's not important, but he says he had to fly back to Italy for a family meeting, and he wanted me to let you know he was really sorry that he couldn't be here. <laughs> and so it's just uh, just those kinds of, you know, the, the elders supported me, and, and I think the church thought I was a little crazy, mm-hmm. um, but they came together and, and 
we were able to share the love of Christ in the community in that way. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, that is a lot yeah. of fun. It's so much more fun to follow Jesus mm-hmm. into an adventure yeah. than to sort of keep everything straight-laced. Yes, yes, it is. You know, the gospel never changes. Grace no. is always real. Truth never yeah. changes. But, man, seeing yeah. how God wants to move in people's lives. Yes. I love it. You know, we're, in, we're <laughs> preaching in Romans 5. Yes. And uh, I think we're going to be so surprised when we get to heaven how many people are there. Yeah, I just think with I our think human so. <laughs> human finite minds and yes. scarcity mindset, but all those how much mores yeah. of the work of Christ versus sin. Amen. So, I mean, I'm not a universalist, <laughs> yeah. but Jesus yeah. loves yes. so many more people than yes. I do. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that, man. I love yeah. those stories. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, now that you're retired, quote unquote, mm-hmm. which I don't think you ever will be, mm-hmm. uh, right. you ha- the Lord has really called you to adopt a new mission, a new mm-hmm. ministry in mm-hmm. you and Anne in your, mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. life here in Eastern North Carolina, really to bless right. Eastern North Carolina, I think, um, missionary Aviation Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about this mission okay. and your involvement with it. Yeah, MAF has been around. Mission Aviation Fellowship has been around since 1945. Actually, it started with uh, a group of Air Force or Army Air Force pilots in mm-hmm. 1946. Betty Green actually took the first missionary flight, taking a couple of uh, Bible translators to Mexico. Wait, Betty Green? Betty Green. A, a lady? A lady, yes. I love it. <laughs> Isn't that great? I love it. And um, so MAF uh, tr- strives to be the hands and feet of Christ, mm. uh, bringing help and hope and healing uh, specifically to isolated peoples around the world. That's their focus, is using the airplane to get to places that are hard to reach mm-hmm. yeah. so that people can hear the gospel. So we are in a uh, training as advocates, and, I, and our regional managers told us yesterday we graduated. So Great yeah, news. So thanks for the elders and, yeah, and the no, opportunity. They're, they're excited to have you come yeah. and present. So as an advocate, Ann and I will be, as a team, we're going to be presenting the ministry of MAF, uh, letting just letting folks know uh, what they do and uh, and. In, let them know how they can participate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kind of like ambassadors for MAF, and so they can they can participate through prayer, mm-hmm. through giving, and through service. You know, we're hoping that we find some young people in the colleges around here that mm-hmm. are interested in missions and maybe aviation. Yeah. Uh, so we're excited about what God's going to do. Uh, we're excited about Grace Fellowship, mm-hmm. and. Uh, bringing the two ministries together. But our, mm-hmm. our real focus is uh, the local New Testament church because we just believe that's New Testament. Yeah, the local yeah. church is what yeah. God is working through. Absolutely. You know, he, he really yeah. is. Like, yes. he's, he's working through everything, but it's the local yes. church. Absolutely. That's where he's changing lives, yeah, Absolutely, without a doubt. So MAF has, I think you said this the other night, 139 planes? 132. MAF 132 has a, planes. 132 planes. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can get all this. It's all new. You know, um, we have a big air air company here in Kinston, and I think they only have 80 planes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I'll have to check them out. <laughs> yeah, you will. You will. Yes. Fly um, exclusive, it's called. <laughs> okay. There's uh, 132 planes around the world with MAF. Um, they fly to more destinations than the six major airlines in the world. Wow. That's pretty incredible. They that fly is- over a million miles a year. Wow. Um, one hour of flight time in an isolated place saves them five hours or five days of travel over land. So that's pretty mm. incredible. 
so they're they're having a great impact, and they've they've branched out from aviation uh, to education and technology. Mm-hmm. So they're like everyone else. As God blesses, they they can expand and grow. Right, and they and they not only bring. <clears throat> um, church planters or evangelists, mm-hmm. but also humanitarian. If there's a, a right. tribe that's isolated they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, with a health need, mm-hmm. will they be part of helping there? Oh, yeah. And they, with... uh, they work with indigenous pastors. Uh, they transport teachers. They work with, uh, mm-hmm. like, Samaritan's Purse or Wycliffe. Yep. Yep. Uh, they deliver Christmas shoeboxes. Uh, they move around Bible translators as needed. Uh, they deliver new, newly translated Bibles, and they have a big celebration. You can see them online. They, yep, yep. The, the village will have a big celebration when they get their first New Testament uh, translated in their, in their language. So they, they work with indigenous uh, ministries. They work with non-government organizations, uh, and they work with government organizations yeah. like in Haiti or Mozambique uh, after disasters or whatever. They're there. Yeah. Uh, to share the love of Christ. And that gives them, just making yourself available to Christ and sharing his love gives open doors to sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, Grace is involved with, and I, I'm on the board of South America Mission, mm-hmm. which they're in four or five countries in South America. And we have Sam Eyre mm-hmm. in two of those countries, Bolivia up in the highlands, and then um, awesome. Peru in the Amazon, because Peru mm-hmm. is sort of the... Uh, western edge of the Amazon, and and we, mm. I was down there a couple of years ago in Pucallpa, awesome. Peru, uh-huh. and it was amazing. <clears throat> on the, you know, they took us up in the airplane, and we, I was in one that took off from the water, so the, okay. the seaplane, and just it doesn't take any time at all to get you airborne, because yeah. it's just this pretty light thing, but then you you just fly for ten miles, and you realize absolutely there's no roads, <laughs> absolutely yeah. like without. Yeah. Without these planes, yeah. you're not getting to that one tribe that's, you know, 30 miles away kind exactly. of thing. Yes. And, and so MAF is just fulfilling yeah. an amazing role and serving mm-hmm. as good citizens because mm-hmm. Sam Eyre does a lot of work with the governments to help. Yes. And, of course, that's really good because, you, you know, you want to be a good neighbor. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I love yeah. this about MAF. Yeah. I remember as, an, uh, as a 10- or 11-year-old, we had a guy, a young guy in our church <clears throat> in Montreal leave mm-hmm. Air Canada as a pilot and go with MAF in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And, and ever since awesome. then, I've been like, what a great idea. What a great <laughs> It is thing. a great idea. Well, I'm very yeah. excited for yeah. you mm-hmm. to be able to share <clears throat> the mission and the vision mm-hmm. uh, here in, with different churches here yes. in uh, eastern North Carolina. Mm-hmm. What a great what a great thing. And I think it's always good because adventure. Guys need adventure. And, and you're talking about young guys mm-hmm. uh, and, and women. But I, I just think an airplane mechanic, airplane pilot, you know, we think U.S. Air Force, of course. Right. But there's also God's Air Force. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> MAF. Yes. And, yeah. and both of them are, uh, are great things for, they are. Uh, for a mechanically minded guy. Yes. And girl. Hey, well, listen, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to wind up here, but mm-hmm. we, we just are so thankful that you and Anne have moved Thank here. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about how you've encountered Grace yeah. recently, because here you are in <clears throat> Kinston, and here we are on Encounter Grace, and that's mm-hmm. our whole point. How, how have you seen God's grace recently? Well, you know, God's grace uh, appears in so many different ways, mm. and so my wife and I, uh, are very, very grateful to see how God has led us to Grace Fellowship. 
um, just, you know, one heart and one mind. But I think over the past year, Rebecca moved down here before we did. Our, that's my daughter. And uh, was in an accident. And just uh, seeing how God has used it um, to bring her into a closer relationship. Mm. I, I learned a long time ago that when we go through things, we had a lady in our church get cancer. Mm. And... Um, she got upset with people because they would say, well, how are you doing? You know, just the way they responded to her or they would back away from her. And I learned a long time ago that when God puts us, allows us to experience these things, he reveals different aspects of his character and his mm. love to us as we go through them. And Rebecca, I think, received that. And she not only has changed physically, God's healing her, which, which is a miracle, but she's uh, changed emotionally mm -hmm. and spiritually and has started to come out of her shell so we've seen god's grace work in her as well as through uh, the ministry of grace fellowship the the love and the care and the compassion uh, not just in words but in actions by the people at grace fellowship has been extraordinary and so we uh, we have been extremely blessed by god's grace recently what a joy. Yeah. What a joy. Imagine God has churches and communities like this all around yeah. the world. He's just waiting to pour out grace. Amen. Al, thank you yes, thank for coming you. here to thank pour you. out God's grace and to be poured into. Yeah. And uh, we really do thank you for taking the time today mm -hmm. to be yeah. uh, with oh, us. It's been fun. It's been great. Great. And everybody, thank you for listening. It's yeah. just a joy to think of a listening community encountering God's grace together. Share this with someone that you know it will encourage, whether they love planes, whether they love yeah. uh, Alaska, whether they love grace. And it'll be fun to see what God does. So bless you all. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.